I am aware, not painfully aware, but I am aware that for all the plaudits that John Stewart gets, he's such a huge part of a popular culture. He's been doing his show for 16 years, household name. I do get that many of you don't watch John Stewart, but it doesn't matter. He has had an impact on you, whether you know it or not. And to help explain that, Bill Brio is an entertainment reporter and commentator for the Canadian press. We're lucky to have him join us from, from time to time. Uh, Bill Brio, um, love having you on the air with us. Uh, this is my, my final week here at 680 CGOB. So every one of you who's on the air uh, this week, especially today and tomorrow, it's extra extra special for me. Uh, pardon me if, if I get a, a little emotional from time to time. It's just been that kind of week. Well, Charles, I'm very uh, flattered and honoured that that I'm speaking to you then this week because uh, I've long been a fan and, and I appreciate uh, this chance right now. So uh, thank you very much. Tell me about the fans that uh, John Stewart has had and, and, and explain to me why it what he does totally transcends his show and uh, makes what he says and how he says it and his views um, Part of you know, and I said pop culture. It goes beyond that. Just just part of culture. Period. What? Why? What is it about John Stewart that makes him so important? I, I honestly think it's because he is a free thinker. That um, that you get the impression you, you might watch his show and feel he has an agenda that he's left leaning or whatever bias, but that that this is genuinely coming from him. It's not anything that's he's not part of a lobby group that he's just a, a comedian making a point and i think people those are hard to find now on tv free thinkers people who just talk from the gut um and i think people really respond to that stewart's also very funny that helps um but your point you made right off the top is very valid charles very few people really watch his show even in the united states on comedy central there might only be seven or eight hundred thousand people watching that every night. It's it's influence. His influence goes so far beyond that. People watch it the next day on YouTube, or they're they're seeing uh, clips of it on other shows, radio broadcasts. Uh, he's become part of the culture in ways that go beyond his show. Look, uh, you're what we always called a newspaper man. Okay, so a newspaper person. I mean, you're 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 print and. Um, I don't have to tell a print person that it doesn't matter uh, how many subscriptions the New York Times has. And it doesn't matter if there are papers that have far more. It doesn't matter that even if you go to uh, New York City, the the Daily News or the Post are, you know, outselling on any given day the New York Times. The New York Times has a huge amount of influence on governments around the world, on businesses around the world, and on other people who are involved in media. I'm not suggesting that the New York Times is to print what John Stewart is to all of us, but I am suggesting to you that you can't measure everything uh, with numbers. There, there is no metric to explain to us how influential John Stewart has been. It's a great analogy, Charles. I think John Stewart is the comedian of record. I think that's exactly it. He, uh, you know, people just look at the fact that. People have criticized how tight he was with the White House, with Obama, that he was invited there and all this rest of it. Obama wouldn't be doing that if he didn't realize that John Stewart had, had his finger on the pulse of what a lot of people think and, 
and believe. And, and so uh, there's the proof right there of how influential he is. Bill Brew, is there a moment, I mean, you know, we always talk about YouTube moments, and regardless of how many people watch the show on any, any given night, regardless of the fact that it's actually under a million, which in the United States is not ginormous, uh, you can always tell how influential anybody is these days by his YouTube clicks. And you just, you know, Google John Stewart, and you go to YouTube, and it becomes obvious that people all, all around the world are paying attention uh, to what he's been doing. So it's, as Bill was saying a few moments ago, that is one way of just judging how much impact he's had. But is there one bit, is there one idea, is there one line that John Stewart has thrown out there that has forced Bill Brew to think about something perhaps a little differently? Wow, that's a tough one. He's been on since 1999. Um you know, and I've been watching this last week very carefully. He was on last night with uh, Louis C.K. And um, I, in some ways, Charles, it's when he's on other people's shows that he makes the most influence. You know, there was a famous confrontation with Firing Line where he went on and he went after Tucker Carlson and uh, basically had to stand up and say, look, guys, I'm a fake news anchor. <laughs> you know, I at least declare it, you know, Um I think some of those skirmishes he's had with Bill O'Reilly over the years, you know, a comedian needs a good backboard. So um, those are the encounters that stand out for me. Um, But he's very self-effacing, too. Just on last night's show, we're all talking about how influential he is. But he pointed out um, Fox News is more popular than ever, despite all the things that all the attacks that that uh, John Stewart made. You know, ISIS is still as terrifying a threat as ever, despite all the ridicule that John Stewart threw that way. So, um, you know, I, he's very self-effacing about his own, I think very humble about his own contributions. Having said all that, um, I, I really think the fact that he's swayed the conversation, made a late-night talk show something more than just people selling books or movies or you know, more about ideas and thoughts. So it's not one show for me, Charles. It's just that overall revolution in late night. Bill Brew, a lot of people have said over the years that there are many people who get their news from Jon Stewart, that the only time they pay attention to anything at all that's newsworthy is when they watch Jon Stewart, and somehow uh, that contributes to a dumbed-down population. Uh, do you want to play with that? Do you think John Stewart is responsible for dumbing down America or Canada or any country? Wow, not at all. I mean, I I think he's done exactly the opposite. I know my, I have children who are 22 and 25. They certainly get a lot of news, I think, from John Stewart or Colbert or um, the, the British comedian on uh, HBO now, um, John Oliver. Um, so I, I think those people are, are putting a lot of ideas out there that are smart. It's satire. Uh, you know, you have to have some grasp of headlines and news to get it. And, uh, I think even, um, if young people aren't quite clued in when John Stewart's saying it, at least it might, er, you know, spark them to look beyond and, and to pick up a paper. Uh, I don't think the news that's reported from a lot of legitimate news anchors, it frankly is any smarter. <laughs> so uh, I, uh, I know, and people used to make the same point about the Simpsons. Oh my goodness. Don't let your kids watch that show. It's, it's bad for them. 
mean, I, I forced my kids to watch The Simpsons. It's the smartest show on TV. So um, I, I'm I'm not with that argument that he's dumbed down anything. You know, there's two kinds of ageisms out there that uh, bother me, and I don't know how you feel about it. And one is the one that's always talked about where there's this perception uh, that people who've got uh, 30 or 40 years experience in whatever profession, whatever business, you know, they're over the hill. It's time for them to to hang it up and uh, they're treated that way. Sometimes they're treated that way by, by corporations. You know, they, they show up uh, for the job interview. They'd like to get that next job. They'd like to keep working. And they're treated by the HR person as, as, as a burnout, as someone who's got nothing to contribute. So that's the, the ageism that many people talk about that uh, they're very, very unhappy with. And most people who talk about that are over the age of 55. But very few people, I think, Bill Brio, and I want to open this up to you, talk about this other ageism. And it dovetails with the conversation that we were having about John Stewart and this notion that somehow he's dumbing down uh, the people, mostly young people, who are watching him. One of the ageisms that really disturbs me is this idea that many people have who are over 45, over 50, over 55, that these people in their 20s, uh, these millennials and younger, are somehow dumber, dumber than we were. That bugs me, and that's a different kind of ageism that I think requires a new conversation. But, Bill Brio, tell me, I mean, uh, am I, am I, as I sometimes like to say, am I on the money there or am I out of my mind? <laughs> You're right on the money, Charles. Uh, that's this is a whole other show, but you know, as the father again of two kids in their twenties, um, I can tell you when my daughter Katie comes home to visit from Montreal, I book an hour of tech time with her just so she can straighten out my phone, my laptop, my life. Uh, these kids know way more than I did at their age or even now. So uh, it's a ridiculous idea. Uh, no generation has ever had more information than kids in their 20s or teenagers. It's coming at them from all angles. So uh, I don't buy it for a minute. On the other side of that, though, boy, I know I've myself, so many colleagues who've worked at newspapers and publications over the years have been downsized. Um, to see all of that great knowledge sidelined uh, is tragic to me. I, guys I've known for 10, 20 years, the Ed Bark from the Dallas Morning News. But these columnists really are the canaries in the coal mine, and, and to see that that ageism practice, it bugs me. I mean, I would pick up the paper. I grew up in Toronto. Milt Dunnell wrote for the Toronto Star Sports well into his 80s. Nobody covered it better. I was fascinated reading it as a kid. So it, it is a shame people put any kind of a number beside people who cover anything. Well, naturally, I read a lot of Milt Donald when I moved to uh, Toronto as a very young man, but uh, I grew up in, in Montreal, as you know, and our Milt Donald w was Red Fisher, and he too wrote well into his 80s, and nobody thought there was a problem with that. Of course. Well, Red Fisher was the best. So, yeah, many, many examples. Um, you know, I once asked um, Roger Ebert about this. You know, he was when it, into his 70s when he died there and was writing... He was so prolific all throughout his life, and he, you know, he just went through all the great writers he read as a teenager, uh, you know, growing up in the states, and uh, he never thought to ask how old they were. You know, I was basically asking him, "How can you cover an Adam Sandler movie?" You know, that's not speaking to you, but really, a good reviewer can cover anything. So, no matter what the age. Why is it the Chinese have no trouble respecting their elders, but for whatever reason in North America, we're not the Chinese. 
Well, it's, a, it's you know, again, Charles, we need we need to get uh, another show or two on this topic. It's 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 a fascinating one. Uh, I'm certainly over 55, so it, it's it's one that's uh, top of my mind. But um, you know, I, I do think you've got a guy now, John Stewart, who people might say, why is he quitting? He's relatively young. Um, but my hat's off to him for sort of finding the right time. He's done it for 16 years now. This particular show. He obviously senses he needs to move on. Um, it's nothing to do with ageism, but some people do stay too long. I think you might argue Letterman did. Um, and and uh, hats off to him for, for kind of giving himself a shake and looking to re- reinvent him as something else.